Hey everybody and welcome again to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Mike Freeman and I am the pastor at Valley Christian Fellowship in Longview, Washington. And today we are jumping into the third chapter of James' letter. Now, James's letter, this, is, uh, this third chapter is, uh, really we're going to focus on the aspect of how we use our mouths. Now, yesterday, the previous video, we looked at how uh, our faith results in works, and specifically works that show love toward others. And, uh, and so then kind of in the natural progression, uh, this, is a, this is a great spot for us to consider this, this application of how we love each other with, with how we use our words. Uh, with that said, let's jump in, and there's kind of a, an introductory comment, and then we'll jump into to some of the more, uh, I guess, just straight-out practical, practical application for our text. So here's what we find. James chapter 3, starting in verse 1. It says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man able also to bridle his whole body. So here's what he says. He says, the teachers, those who use their, their mouths to explain the things of God, they have a, an even greater strictness in the way they're going to be judged by the Lord. Uh, we, we have to understand that every word we speak, we will give an account for. And so much more for those who are teachers. But this doesn't mean someone says, well, I'm not a teacher, and so I could say whatever I want. Actually, that's far from the truth. Uh, but this sets the standard high, first and foremost, for the teacher. But then the application. The application continues, and it aims at the way we speak to each other. It says, verse 3, If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. It says, look, a horse is guided by, by the bridle in its mouth. A, a ship is guided by its rudder. These are small, comparatively speaking, to the rest of the animal or the rest of the vessel, yet they control so much. This is same same thing with our tongue. Our tongue, the way we tame our tongue, determines whether we can tame our entire body and control our entire life. It continues. It says, How great a force is set ablaze by such a small fire. Now, here in the Pacific Northwest where I live, it's pretty often that we hear about um, a forest fire. And, and oftentimes those forest fires that were set by someone being uh, lacking a, a sense of care in the way they've treated something like a cigarette butt. You know, we hear about, you know, someone threw a cigarette butt out their window and a whole forest fire ends up starting because of this. This is, this is the picture. A, an entire force can be set ablaze, not speaking about a, a little flame, but speaking about our tongues, the things we say. Verse six, and the tongue is a fire a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. Verse 7, For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, 
but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. It says, with it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. For from the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Oh, this hits my heart so heavy. I think about how many times in a joking fashion I have tried to say something funny and I have wounded someone. I think of how often in a moment of frustration I have spoken whatever has first come to my mind instead of being slow to speak and slow to anger. And in those moments, my words, angry words, have lit a relationship on fire. Yes, this is true. Our tongue, it's this, this restless evil. It must be tamed by the Spirit of God. It is full of deadly poison. Uh, I would say young people in particular, teenagers, oh, the way you use your mouth. So often you speak in ways that, that are designed to garner attention, to be funny, to be fun. And, and so often, without even maybe trying to, you do it at the expense of others. And you wound people so deeply. I think that uh, I, I can recall speaking to people as a teenager and saying things that, you know, comments about the way someone looks that were not even true. But just trying to be funny and realizing how much I hurt someone. The tongue is so dangerous. Our words, here's what it says. It says, we, we bless our Lord and Father. We, we gather for worship, we sing praises, and then afterward we, we pick on each other and cut each other down with our tongue. Oh, so dangerous. It says, my brothers, these things ought not to be so. If you are a believer, if you have trusted in Jesus and his death and resurrection, you must be so vigilant in the way you use and monitor the use of your words. Are you speaking life or are you speaking pain? Are you building people up or are you breaking people down? Especially in the church context. Listen, life is hard enough as a Christian living in the world. If you are someone who trusts in Jesus, in the world that you live in, you are going to be surrounded by those who would persecute you, those who would dismiss you, those who would belittle you. And then think about this. Then we come into a church gathering and we pick on each other. We belittle each other in the name of playfulness when we have the opportunity to encourage and to build up my brothers, these things ought not to be so. <clears throat> Does a spring pour forth from the same opening with fresh and salt water? Which one is it? Does a spring uh, have salt water and fresh water? Does your mouth, does your tongue produce words of life or words of death? Do, do your words build or break? This is can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives? Or a grapevine produce figs. Listen, what you are, you produce what you are. It says, neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Water. Listen, if you are a believer, what you are is you are meant to be a spring. And your words are meant to bear forth words of building up and of life and of hope and of and encouragement. 
Now let's just be really practical here for a minute. This means we should only, only, only ever use our words to build each other up. To speak what's true and helpful and good and right and beautiful. I mean, think about the way we talk about each other's appearance. So often we can pick on each other by the, the way that someone looks. And you know what? Half the time it's not even true. Yet, listen, are we using, are we being a spring bringing forth death into someone's life and pain? Or are we using our words to build up each other? Think about it in your own family. The way you speak to your parents, the way parents you speak to your kids, are you building or are you breaking? Are you encouraging or are you discouraging? Are, are you setting forward a path of wholeness and hope and help and healing? Or are you setting forth a path of, path of curses that, that leads to pain and brokenness? Listen, let's recognize our ancient way for our modern day. This is so important. The ancient way for our modern day is to learn that as Christians, we in fact can tame our tongue because we have the spirit inside of us. The spirit leading us in love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The spirit produces this in the believer's life. And these these characteristics, they are revealed in the way we speak to each other. Our ancient way for our modern day to speak life into one another.